Welcome back to another episode of From the Beginning. I'm Jen Dudley. And I'm Griffin Caprio. And we are Dante32. This week, we're talking with Kristen Prinz, owner of the Prinz Law Firm, and also the host of the Around the Water Cooler podcast, where Kristen shares both the success and horror stories she's encountered during her time as an attorney. It's been about two and a half months since we talked with Kristen. Griffin, is there anything that when you were re-listening to this conversation that really stood out for you? Yeah, I I particularly like the topics of vulnerability and transparency, especially as they relate to stature within a company. I know that's a a tough thing for uh, people in certain positions to become vulnerable and, and to be very transparent. So it was interesting to get Kristen's thoughts. Jen, what about you? For me, I really appreciated how even though Kristen comes from a very different perspective than a lot of the other podcasters we've talked to, so many of the issues are really universal, including the fear of just jumping in and getting started. I know that was something that really resonated with me because it's been something I've struggled with as we've worked on this podcast. And given that this was recorded two and a half months ago, one of the things we've grown a lot in is our audio production. So in this episode, there's actually quite a bit of popping through Kristen's audio, which is a bit unfortunate because we couldn't take it out. But it was a really great conversation. And so we've decided to go ahead and publish it and hope that you really enjoy it. So let's go ahead and get started. Today, we're talking with Kristen Prinz, owner of the Prinz Law Firm, a boutique Chicago-based firm which specializes in business law. Kristen is also the host of the Around the Water Cooler podcast, which shares both the success and horror stories she has encountered throughout her time as an attorney. We're excited to chat with you today, Kristen. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. This should be fun. I think so. We're just getting started with our podcast, so I'm pretty excited to hear about yours. And I have to say that I really appreciate that you had an intro episode to your podcast. As I'm learning more or when I get started with a podcast, I always like to check out how they got started. And so it's really nice when there's that intro episode. So thanks for that. And now I'd love to hear directly from you how you got started with the Around the Water Cooler podcast and what you were hoping to do with that when you got started. First of all, I forgot that we did an intro uh, episode. And so hopefully I'm not deviating too much from that. Um, But yeah, so we have an employment and business law firm. And, you know, we basically I get to interact a lot of times with senior executives, business owners, and uh, employees. And I hear their stories. And I can't discuss them because their stories are obviously confidential, but I thought it would be great to have people come on the podcast, not clients, but just people that I know from the Chicago community and talk about their experiences, either how they got where they are in their career or what issues they've had at work and how they've overcome them. Uh, Or especially, I'd really like to focus on the misunderstandings that arise in our careers or in our work life because that's really where most litigation stems from. And I thought conversations like true, what is it? The fierce conversations. I do think that they can solve a lot of problems. That's awesome. It sounds to me like you were wanting to share to, to really inject that human element into the stories that people tell 
You had mentioned as a law firm that represents both sides, the employee and the employer at different times, you get to see both sides, but you also recognize that the parties involved don't necessarily get to, so you were wanting to share that perspective, which is really encouraging empathy and authenticity, something that I don't think people typically associate with a law firm. Yeah, Yeah, I, I do think that people don't typically associate that with law firms, and you know, law firms are, I think, known to be a little bit more cutthroat, but that's why I think you see uh, problems with diversity at law firms, problems as uh, you see a lot of women dropping out of big law later in their careers, because uh, a friend of mine just was telling me about a panel that she went to where they there was a discussion about why women especially drop out of big law or stay in big law. And the the two main points were uh, their colleagues and their work. For both sides, it, it was an inversion. So the people who say, oh, people drop out because you know, of issues with their colleagues and issues with the work that they're doing, whereas people stay because they really appreciate their colleagues and they appreciate the work do- that they're doing. And I think you appreciate your colleagues when you feel that you're in a safe and trusting environment where you can say things and maybe even say stupid things and they get forgiven because you all know that you're there for the same purpose. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of um, the work that has been, uh, I guess, gaining a lot of steam over the past several years with regards to kind of trust and radical candor and, and empathy within uh, kind of like more traditional corporate environments. So that uh, that's refreshing to hear kind of like, I haven't heard of a law firm kind of take that direction. I know. Well, I love my environment. I mean, the people that I work with I spend more time with them than my family, and I, I very much love my family. So I want to be around people uh, who feel who I feel good being around and who we have shared values, and I think that the people that I work with feel the same way. I think that's really cool to hear as well because there, there was a lot in there that's really resonant with the tech community also. Griffin and I have both been in tech for a while, and you hear a lot of stories about why women drop out or opt out of tech careers. So to see that parallel echoed in a different industry, I think is really interesting and also why there's a real universal quality to the topics that you're covering. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to exclude men because I think men really crave that too, but that, you know, we've been forced to think that being successful is being cutthroat. And I think that's even more pushed on men than on women. So that's probably why more women drop out after a while and say, well, don't really buy into this and men oftentimes feel like they have to continue down that road so i think that that's i was just gonna say i think there's a lot of pressure on men too yeah i was gonna say as the father of of two small boys uh four and two i i see it immediately kind of being overlaid on top of my sons as they (laughs) literally do anything (laughs) everything becomes a a a conquest and and a quest for domination and a and a competitive um uh, event. Uh, <laughs> well, it's great to be competitive. I mean, I will say people in my office, when we're in cases and myself too, I mean, I'm very driven and competitive. Uh, I just think that just, just like men, I believe most fathers really do want to be active in their kids' lives and want to spend as much time as possible with their families. So I think men and women have the same kind of dual, um, dual magnets or dual poles from different directions. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of expectations. Yes, exactly. 
but you know, I think the more conversations like this, and again, that kind of authenticity definitely helps a lot. When you were thinking about getting started with the podcast or you were wanting to share the stories that you were hearing, was there a reason that you chose a podcast over or in addition to a different medium? Well, we do have a blog. I chose a podcast. Actually, I have to give credit to my brother-in-law, Curtis Shipcott. He has a podcast. uh, And if you search Curtis USA, I believe it comes up. Uh, And his podcast was about the the mistakes that he made in business and building his business and the lessons that he's learned from that. And he's had a lot of guests on who lead huge companies talking about kind of the, the hiccups along the way and the failures that they've had to pick themselves up over. And when I was out in California visiting him and my sister, uh, I got to be a guest on his podcast a couple of years ago now. And he basically told me, oh, this is so easy to get it started and you should do it. There's, he told me the stats about how many podcasts there are and how many listeners there are. And at the time, and I don't know if this is still true, I should ask him, the, the audience was high, but the, the number of podcasts was actually not very high comparably. And, um, I just thought, oh, this was so much fun being on his podcast was so much fun. And when I was in college, I was actually, I'm the college radio station. So I thought this would be a fun outlet. You know, my husband's in a band. I don't really have any creative outlet other than my work and, you know, working out. So I thought this would be a fun opportunity to really pursue my passion and share it with people. But that's why I chose podcast. It sounded, it sounded easy, but just like everything else, I mean, some things are, I think, maybe easy or maybe maybe I should say simple, but not necessarily easy. You know? Yeah, I was actually going to ask you if you found it as easy uh, to kind of jump in and get started as your brother-in-law had pitched it. No, I mean, first of all, there is the technology set up and we, uh, you know, used somebody who my brother-in-law introduced us to who had worked with him uh, to give us some guidance. But then even since then, I've just learned so many other resources that you can use. It's almost overwhelming because there's so much out there that you can use. And we've learned um, how to work with our equipment and, you know, what produces the worst sound quality. I would say we've, we've definitely learned what produces the worst and we're trying to move towards producing better and better sound quality. So it's been easy. No, and plus also just my own, it's funny, you know, I, present before people all the time. I do a lot of public speaking. Um, I litigate cases, but it was interesting first getting on the podcast. You are thinking, okay, I'm putting this out there in public and I'm kind of stumbling over some, some words or my introduction. And you're thinking, which is so funny because you could edit this, you know, when you're live speaking, you can't edit yourself, but yet you can edit this. And you, I still felt a little bit more nervous about it. I would say. Yeah. It's just speaking for me. It's, it's, more of the idea that you almost like have time to think about it beforehand (laughs) and then, you know, kind of afterwards. And so with live speaking, it's a little more off the cuff and you don't kind of get stuck in your own head as much. But I think on a podcast, it it, it can lead yourself to start to, you know, get, get in your own mind. Yeah. And you see it with the guests too. You know, it's funny. I, I really wanted this, um, candor. And like I said, I wanted it to really to be about trust and vulnerability 
And I've learned, um, you know, the more I would say stature a person has, the less vulnerability they can have. And it's just, uh, you know, they have more to lose or they're more concerned about what, what somebody's going to say. So there's, they're a lot more measured and, you know, you don't ever want to invite somebody on your podcast and try to get them in a gotcha moment. So you have to be respectful of that. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting paradox to think about the whole stature versus vulnerability piece. And, you know, I definitely think you're seeing a lot more, there's a growing appetite for that authenticity and openness. So it's cool to see more avenues open up for that, even if people are still having to be a bit measured in that space. So now shifting gears a little bit, it's been a little more than a year since you got started with the podcast. Yeah. Is there anything that you wish you knew then that you know now? I mean, probably everything. You know, I I wish I had thought a little bit more about what we really were going to be doing, but then... Yeah, actually, our law clerk, Ashley, asked me, she wants to start a podcast and you know, she's been really thinking about it and planning it out. And I told her, you know, you just really have to dive in because you can plan things out as much as possible. But it, it really is an evolving medium. And I think once you get in and kind of get your feet wet and decide, OK, well, this is what I like and this is what I don't like. Uh, I think things go a lot better. If you sit around and plan it too long, you're never going to get, it's just like anything else. You get kind of locked in that, uh, that planning mode and never get into execution mode. Yeah. I have to say, um, it's kind of funny that you say that because it's something that Griffin and I have talked a lot about because we play off of each other. I am absolutely the, I would prefer to have a plan and, a whole roadmap and schedule to have a list of people and a lot of time to prep and the perfect mic and all of those things. And it would probably be the end of the year and we wouldn't have even scheduled anyone. And Griffin is definitely much more comfortable just diving in and saying, yeah, we'll figure it out. So I think we've managed to find a kind of happy medium there. And I think it's good. I mean, it is really good to just jump in because just like you said, I mean, people are looking for more authenticity. And I think that's when we show that, you know, you don't have to be perfect. You can try something. And if it doesn't work out, you can do something a little bit different. And nowadays, you know, it used to be you'd be afraid because, oh, this is out there. It's public. People are going to hear it. But it's so easy to put more content on top of content and bury the original content that uh, I think you're fine. You know, I think we all end up being fine. Yeah. And well, you know, inevitably we're all more worried about and thinking more about ourselves than anyone else is at the end of the day. <laughs> That's true. My husband says we spend so much time. Um, what is it? It's kind of like that saying the anticipation of death is worse than death itself. It's like we spend all this time worrying about things that never happen. If we really added up that time, we'd probably have half a lifetime, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. All of those reminders. So given that you're a year in, um, you've probably seen a lot of ups and downs. You've got, you know, at least a, maybe 20 or so episodes under your belt. Why do you keep doing it? I keep doing it because it's fun. And now we're, um, I have so much more confidence in asking people to come on the show. So I'm willing to, I would say, put myself out there a little bit more about who we're targeting, who we're asking to come on, what kind of stories that we want to 
we want to address, you know, I have um, a friend who leads a company and I'm trying to get him to come on and just talk about mental health issues in the workplace. And uh, especially because he's the CEO of a company, I thought it would be very compelling. So to me, I think I have more opportunity to tell more stories. And it's funny, I, you know, we were talking, I think, before we started recording that we really don't um, have any good means of tracking listenership. So it's always a huge compliment to me when somebody says, oh, I listened to your podcast or, um, you know, I heard I, you know, somebody introduced me to your podcast and it just has built more and more confidence. So as long as I'm having fun with it, I feel like I should just keep doing it. Yeah, for sure. So earlier you had said that uh, you wished that you had thought a little bit more about what you were hoping to get out of the podcast or what success looked like before you got started. Is that something that you feel like has evolved um, since you started or, or what do you think that looks like now? Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm owning a little bit more that I think I can be a little ADD about what I want to do. Cause uh, even before I started this podcast, I had this whole idea of this consulting company to help young and mid career um, people, you know, figure out how to plan their best career, who to, who they need to network with, how they need to achieve the success that they want in their life and in their career. And I still think I, w- I want that. I want to get guests on the podcast who can give that kind of advice uh, to people who are more seeking it. But then I also, like I said from the beginning, I, st- I still really believe if you can encourage more communication, if people understand that even the CEO of a company feels like, uh, you know, feels embarrassed sometimes or, or feels unsure about their decision making or is not even sure that they are, they're on the right career path. I think that that's, that's revealing that, that encourages empathy at work. And the more empathy we have, I think the, the better we'll all treat each other. Yeah, it's it's a little bit like the the human aspect, right? Like uh, having other people truly see you um, in a way that maybe a text or blog style interview doesn't necessarily convey. So I think it's something about the voice and the conversation. Yeah, I do think people really can express themselves through. It's kind of like uh, when you have email back and forth. You know, I read so many people's emails and. And see what people send to each other via email. And you know that that's not really what they intended to say. They didn't intend it to sound so cold or so harsh or whatever the tone was. Uh, just picking up the phone so often could could lead to avoiding some sort of conflict. You know, it's kind of amazing the things that people will put in text and in email nowadays. And I know if they were actually speaking to that person, they would never talk like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, just being in tech and being around as long as I as I have, I've I've definitely been a part of those type of communities. And you see things about um, social media and commenting on videos and and the stuff that people write when they think they're being anonymous, and it's it's amazing and a little little scary, <laughs> but I mean, we all have probably a little dark side. So that's yeah, you know, I think that. Like you said, hearing your hearing a voice, hearing the human side to a person makes a huge difference. So you mentioned that uh, you'll, you know, you keep doing it because it's fun. Are there elements of producing and creating the podcast that uh, aren't as fun for you that you'd rather kind of like 
hand off or, or someone else kind of like take care of? I'm probably the worst uh, guess for you guys because I do hand it off. For example, um, our administrator, Angelia, she makes sure everything's uploaded because we we've had one instance where we had to bring somebody back in and re-record because the whole recording got lost because I didn't upload it appropriately. Um, and then we have a guy, John, in California, and he edits them. So he edits out when we have guests and they say, um, uh, he'll edit out those things. So people are appreciative, but also, you know, because of the position some of our guests are in, I always give them the opportunity to, to listen before we publish. And if they want something taken out, then we take it out. So he handles all of that. So I really don't have to handle any of the not, I mean, mo- yeah, mostly I just get to ask people, hey, will you come on the podcast? And then somebody else in my office, actually usually Angelia, will schedule the person. And I have to prepare the questions. And that's it. I send people kind of a little precursor, not a script, but kind of ideas of topics that we're going to cover during the podcast. So, yeah. Not really. So it is kind of that ideal scenario of just being able to focus on the content and the conversation. Yeah. And then I have some friend, a friend of mine, Andy, he has a podcast. He should come on this show too. Um, he is the one of a co-founder of Orbitz Media and he's given me some feedback about sound quality, what microphone he uses, uh, things like that. So I don't want to say I'm not in tune at all with the technology side, but I really have been able to pass off a lot of that because I probably wouldn't have time to do my day job if if I was responsible for all that too. <laughs> did you, uh, so did you say Orbit Media? So is that Andy yeah. uh, Crescidina? Yeah, I, I've known Andy for a couple of years now here in the, in the area and he's, he's awesome. Yeah, he is fantastic. Um, and he told me, you know, that especially because we don't have a studio, he told me the microphone that he uses and why it's, the best microphone, you know, so I'm getting more feedback from other podcasters about what I can do to improve our, our technology. Oh, that's awesome. So speaking of, it sounds like you have a number of people in your immediate community or even in your family that are doing podcasts beyond that. Do you have any involvement in or awareness of the larger podcast community in general? Not really. It's funny, but I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, and, you know, whenever somebody tells me about a new podcast, I'll at least check it out because I want to see what other people are doing. But I'm not, I'm, I was not actually aware of a podcast community. And I think that what you two are doing is really cool because maybe it could be, maybe that tangentially could be related, starting a podcast, a podcaster community. Yeah, I think it's one of the things that's been really interesting. Uh, You know, we're getting to meet people all across the spectrum of podcasting. Some folks who have an established business like yourself and the podcast is an offshoot of that. And other people who, you know, have something that they're really passionate about, like ice skating, and they create a podcast on the side that they'd love to turn into a business at some point. So it's really across that spectrum. But they're all facing, you know, a lot of the same challenges, like you said, kind of what mic to use or the hosting providers. So 
if we can facilitate more of those conversations between people, that's definitely something we want to do. Yeah, one tip I'm going to give that, uh, you know, instead of going out and like continuously buying new microphones and so forth, having both the guest and the and you, the podcaster, wear a head wear headphones, wear a headset. I think is pretty critical because usually what was happening, I was just wearing the headset and I would have somebody in our conference room and they'd be moving around, fidgeting. They would hit the table. There'd be all these weird noises that I could hear very loudly, but you know, they couldn't hear because they're not as accentuated as they are when you're wearing the, the headphones. And so now we have all of our guests wear the headset when they come in clean things up a lot yeah uh that's awesome just kind of like making people aware so that they can self-correct their own noise making at that point yeah we're all you know when we're aware we do it's kind of like nervous tics or something if we were aware of them while we were doing them we wouldn't do them right 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 that's one of those things that honestly terrifies me a little bit about recorded audio I was a broadcast major in school, but preferred not being in front of the camera in part because when you watch yourself or listen to yourself recorded, you can hear all of those like vocal tics that you get to ignore when you're not being recorded. I know I hate listening to myself. I really, I listen to our podcasts. Um, mostly I fast forward through myself, so... I listen to just hear what the other person is saying because I don't want to, I don't like to watch myself on video and I don't like to listen to my own voice. I can definitely understand. I certainly empathize with that. <laughs> Which is funny because my dad says that lawyers love to hear the sound of our own voices, but uh, not really. Well, Podcasting is perfect for, for <laughs> the, legal, the legal mind. Uh, I think really that lawyers do like to talk a lot, but I know... For myself, I don't like to hear my own voice. Do you have any? Do you have any idea on where you want to go from here? Do you uh, want to take the podcast into other media's or books? You know, I'm picturing sort of an anonymous lawyer type uh, uh, media brand. That's so funny. Our, we have a paralegal in the office who says, "Oh, we should write a book because there's so many crazy stories," uh, but they're not from the podcast, and and they will never be public. So, um, I don't know. You know, would I love it if it grew and we had a huge listenership and we could have real impact with the stories that we're sharing? Yeah, of course. That's, I think, um, I think that's any podcaster's goal. They want to, you want to have people listening and you want to actually have some impact in people's lives, even if it's for a half hour or hour that they're listening. Um, I don't necessarily know that I have the bandwidth right now to to make it that so i'm hoping just organically people will continue to listen and we'll get better and better stories on and we'll grow in that way slowly over time and then we'll see what happens with it from there you know i i still love my day job i i love uh counseling clients and litigating cases and working with my team and I'm just going to keep doing this for as long as I think it's fun and interesting and that the the people who are listening are getting some value out of it, or at least the people who are coming on as our guests feel like they're getting some value out of it. Actually, that was another great tip that Andy gave me. And he said, 
as a podcaster, if you have another business, you should be using, he said everything should be intentional, which is funny because I've not been intentional about it, but he said you should either have on guests who have, you know, a huge audience that they could help you distribute to, or where you're helping them, like that, for example, they're a client, or you're just talking about something that you're extremely passionate about and you're hoping anybody will listen. So I think right now I'm still in number three. Uh, but I'm willing to ask more of the people who are in the bucket number one, as long as they do have interesting stories that I can share with our audience as well. Yeah. I mean, the last thing that you want is uh, to bring somebody on that just uh, wants to regurgitate a message, especially when you've talked so much about kind of the trust and the vulnerability and kind of the transparency that you're hoping to, to kind of bring to the, to the guests that you have. Yeah. I want to have more employees come on and talk about, you know, it's funny. We probably have a good um, pool you would say to choose from, but I would never want to ask a client to come on. So it would be interesting, I think, to have more employees come on and talk about their experiences at work and maybe some of the struggles that they've had with interpersonal relationships at work. Yeah, I think that could definitely, I love that one of your first episodes was the exit interview. I think yes. uh, it was with, I'm not sure if it was the receptionist or someone from your office that had just left. Her office manager. Yeah, I want her, she needs to come back on. And I, more things like that where I thought she was, and probably because she was leaving, she was able to be very vulnerable and give me honest feedback that maybe she wouldn't have had she been staying. Which is awesome. I think a lot of companies can't get that kind of honest feedback even when people are leaving. So that speaks a lot to the kind of environment you have. Yeah, it's just the other people, honestly. <laughs> well, Kristen, uh, this has been a fantastic interview and, and time to get to know you. If people want to find out more about you and, and the podcast, where, where's the best place to do that? They can subscribe to our podcast at our website, which is at prins-lawfirm.com. Or go right to the podcast website, which is uh, Tales from Around the Water. Excuse me, no, it's AroundTheWaterCooler.net. Well, thanks, Kristen, and have a good rest of your day. Thank you both. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to another episode of From the Beginning. Editing and theme music for this episode was provided by Roy Matz. See you next week.